Welcome to Information Security and Privacy Podcast. This series, we will be talking to industry experts and business owners to learn about challenges and strategies in making data secure and private. We will discuss aspects of upcoming privacy and security regulations around the country and the world affecting business. I am your host, Jyotin Gambier, SecureFlow. Let's make each other smarter. Hi, I'm Jyotin Gambier. We are launching a podcast for information security and privacy today. And we are delighted to have a conversation with Pascal Rao, CEO of RouteRabbit. RouteRabbit is a software company with um, talented software engineers focused in on secure um, SaaS applications. Um, Pascal has been a serial entrepreneur with multiple startups, including CodeSinger. Uh, we are delighted to have him and talk to him about his perspective around compliance security for small startups looking to develop new applications. Welcome, Bhaskar. Thank you, uh, Jyotin. Uh, thanks for having me uh, on the show. Bhaskar, we hear in the news almost on a daily basis about high profile data breaches, ransomware attacks, uh, denial of service attacks, online software services that are struggling with these um, cybersecurity threats. Can you tell our listeners how this environment of cyber threats um, is for launching new online software service companies, the ones you help, the small startups that you help, as well as the applications that you develop? Uh, Jyotin, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, for the unwary, uh, launching online software services or SaaS applications can be a hair-raising uh, experience. Uh, as you know, we are an early-stage uh, SaaS company, and uh, we have clients who are also uh, early-stage uh, SaaS companies, and uh, we have limited financial and technical resources. But uh, the marketplace expects us to launch our applications with high security uh, standards right from the get-go. Uh, and that is hard even for well-funded companies with deep pockets. Uh, and you can imagine our uh, situation. Uh, so this is something that uh, we are wrestling with on a daily basis. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, financial uh, concerns are top of mind for most startups, and especially uh, companies that are um, struggling with not only the development aspects of their business, but also the security aspects. Um, other than the security standards that you feel that are important for your companies and for your business, are there specific areas that you are really focused on in preventing cyber breaches for your customers or things like DDoS attacks? Uh, Jyotin, uh, you know, there are a few things that we try to, uh, you know, get correct or get right. Uh, one is we try to get uh, our architecture, uh, you know, we try to uh, design it correctly. And similarly, we also, uh, you know, tend to uh, rely a lot upon uh, cloud services like AWS or Azure or DigitalOcean. And uh, that can really be very helpful uh, in, in, in uh, being able to launch with more secure applications. 
So, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, there are certain things that we try to do to get us there. So, Bhaskar, in regards to using cloud services, and you mentioned some of the top ones, um, do you feel that uh, these cloud providers provide you capabilities around uh, a secure network architecture, uh, the ability to monitor your applications for threats, things of that nature for your customers, or do you feel you need um, to opt for those services in addition to um, having hosting or infrastructure as a service in these cloud providers? Uh, Jyotin, uh, I think at least the major uh, cloud providers like AWS and Azure, uh, like you mentioned, or even you know Google Cloud or DigitalOcean, uh, we find that they provide a lot of capabilities, uh, a lot of services that if we uh, harness it correctly, uh, you know we can build and launch very secure applications. So definitely, there's a lot of good stuff in there, and uh, it's a matter of uh, you know designing your architecture to take advantage of those services. Yeah, so I I think uh, I would completely agree with that, Bhaskar, in regards to the fact that the architecture piece, or as we see it in the security business, the roadmap uh, on securing not only your applications but your overall uh, process as well as your data flows is critical. Um, in your experience in the development aspect, which are the areas that you feel your developers need most uh, help in when launching applications for your clients? Is it on uh, things around uh, release management, regression testing, QA aspects, or is it after the fact patching uh, incident response or monitoring uh, capabilities. Um, where do you see more challenges in your business? The short answer is all of the above. I mean, we have to do all of this to really be, uh, uh, you know, robust and secure. Uh, but it really depends upon the stage in which a startup is. I mean, in the early stages, when you are trying to uh, prove your product market fit a lot of these things uh, fall by the wayside and, you know, reasonably so because, uh, you know, uh, unless you establish uh, that there is a need for this service, no point in spending huge amount of time, resources and developer, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, capabilities on on an application which is, which is not going to uh, resonate in the market. So, yes, uh, you know, once you start getting the right signals from the marketplace, it's important to have all these things, patching, release management, uh, you know, setting up your uh, services and your uh, cloud resources like firewalls and, uh, uh, you know, setting up virtual private uh, cloud, uh, you know, to make your applications very secure. So, uh, you know, to protect your customer's data, you have to do all of the above. Absolutely. And uh, we, we completely agree with that. And I think the important aspect, as you brought up, uh, which makes a lot of sense, Bhaskar, is the fact that um, this problem you're looking to solve with your SaaS application, whether it be healthcare, um, manufacturing, retail, um, that is the most critical piece. And obviously, security is an add-on capability 
uh, more so these days, it's more than an add-on because it uh, provides trust for your customer as well as for their customers um, in order to for them to trust uh, putting sensitive information out there or collecting some sensitive information. Um, one of the areas that we have seen, and I would like you to comment on, is the aspect of security versus compliance. Um, a lot of our customers look at compliance as a roadmap to secure their applications. Is Has that been your experience as well? So uh, I think security is number one uh, because uh, uh, you know, it, there are certain things which, you know, if you're just going through the motions of trying to be compliant, you may actually miss out on what is really important. Uh, so, you know, fundamentally, you need to make sure that your application is secure, your infrastructure is secure, your data is uh, secure, whether in, in, in flight or in rest. So all of these things are uh, important. Uh, you know, going through a compliance uh, review or, uh, you know, uh, trying to be compliant with, uh, you know, GDPR or any, any of these standards, it's, uh, it helps kind of review whether you have your uh, ducks in a row. So I think, you know, uh, but for, as a, you know, I keep coming back because I am in an early stage situation and as a startup, I mean, we have to make the trade-offs, uh, you know, what to do when. So while we are, we understand security is absolutely critical, you know some of the things we do, uh, you know we do have to postpone to a better time. Absolutely, and uh, that that um, that is where we are looking to learn from an entrepreneur like yourself, Pascal, in regards to the fact that not only are you developing SaaS applications, but you're helping customers develop these secure uh, SaaS applications to address needs in the market. Um, from a perspective of um, security as it seems more and more that it is not, it's critical, but it's also a cost center in regards to the fact that it adds to the budget and there are limited resources. Um, where do you see security being important? You mentioned areas like data security is important to customers access to the application may be important, DevOps security is important, cloud security is important. Um, where do you see customers, your customers, asking for help around security? Where, where do you advise them uh, to spend their limited resources? Uh, Jotin, uh, you know, we work with a lot of early stage companies, uh, you know, whether they be, you know, absolute, uh, you know, early, uh, you know, early startups or companies which have now received the right signals and you know they are trying to scale out so in in these kinds of situations uh what we have seen is that uh the best approach is to uh right from the beginning have a security uh, awareness and prepare uh, you know to be successful i mean you have to assume that your product is going to be a uh, you know, be desirable in the market. So you start uh, putting certain things in place right from the beginning. Uh, so I think uh, things like making the right, uh, you know, technology selection, like if you go with the right architecture, 
uh, if you use the right cloud resources. So like right now we are, uh, you know, we are big proponents of uh, serverless computing. We feel that, you know, serverless computing has uh, reached a point of maturity uh, and can be really a powerful uh, tool for, for uh, startups uh, because, you know, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, maintaining your own cloud uh, servers, your, your, your resources. That's the cloud service provider is in a much better position to take care of that than a small startup. So, so I think, you know, trying to make the right selections, there's always going to be trade-offs that you have to make, uh, you know, but as long as you have the security aspect in your mind, uh, I think you'll be in a good shape. So even doing small things, like even early on when we la launch our application, the first release of the application, we do, uh, you know, do a bit of vulnerability scanning because uh, there are a lot of free uh, resources out there which a startup can use to identify, uh, you know, security holes. So, uh, you know, I think you can do, a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, low cost or free resources that you can use to uh, to get you quite far. Absolutely, Bhaskar. And I think that that is an important aspect to understand that the resources with open source today are available at a low cost they can almost be available at no cost if you have skilled resources in-house to both use them, deploy them, test your applications. And as we are talking about skilled resources from um, a overall aspect perspective, we've seen three aspects which are critical to a business. It's good skilled people, it's a good process which is documented, and good technology. You mentioned technology being critical and using the right kinds of technology, using serverless computing um, and that being mature. How about the people aspect? So in regards to people, you obviously uh, need the right kind of developers, you need the right kind of team, um, and then you also need those, those team members to be well-trained uh, what are your thoughts around those, uh, around skill resources and uh, that being critical to um, good SaaS application companies? Um, Jyotin, I mean, I think you touched upon a, uh, <laughs> a sore point. I mean, uh, as an early stage uh, company, uh, you can imagine how hard it is to find uh, good talent. Uh, you know, there's a worldwide uh, competition for highly talented engineers. So that is a uh, that is a challenge which all early stage companies, whether they are uh, you know funded or not, they have to deal with. So uh, what we have been we have been kind of lucky because we have uh, a, a way to uh, to evaluate the you know programming uh, abilities uh, of uh, potential engineers. Uh, in high volume, and we are able to at least hire engineers who have foundational skills in programming. So that that is something which really helps us with uh, building our own SaaS application as well as applications for our customers. So uh, you know that that gives us a big uh, edge in terms of uh, being able to take on these projects. Uh, but yes, otherwise it's it's a very hard uh, place. I mean, you can imagine with the Amazons and the Googles of the world uh, competing for these talented resources. It's very, very uh, tough. So startups have 
uh, not only funding challenges, but they also have uh, challenges in finding resources that are very critical to being successful. So, uh, so you you've touched upon something that that is a huge issue, and you know we have we have been kind of uh, you know finding uh, creative ways of uh, at least uh, satisfying our own needs. Absolutely, and I think that that that. Um, makes a lot of sense, Bhaskar, in regards to skilled resources, there's definitely a shortage and that's why there is the movement of using resources all around the world for technology companies to develop good uh, applications out there. In regards to these applications and skilled resources that you have been able to acquire and, and have reliable, uh, good resources, um, how uh, do you train them and in regards to training, how well are your processes uh, in place? And when I'm, what I mean by processes is uh, good documentation around development, because SaaS applications obviously rely on uh, uh, not only good documentation, but also the capability to continuously add on features, functions, capabilities, and then also obviously patch solutions and uh, applications for security. Um, that requires good change control, that requires good, uh, you know, patching, testing. Um, what do you see the role, because that is all part of security, um, how do you see that uh, for your early stage companies? Good question, uh, Jyotin. Um, so, as you mentioned, I mean, there's a worldwide uh, scarcity of talent, uh, and, you know, we have also had to look far and wide. Uh, our engineering team, uh, core engineering team happens to be in India. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have been, uh, we have obviously had to make certain choices because, you you know, ideally you would like to find someone who's got the right credentials, has got fluency in programming, uh, you know, speaks well, has verbal and written skills and so on. But the the, the reality is, you know, you have to decide what is most critical to you. So in our case, we have, you know, knowingly uh, made the trade-off that we're going to look for someone who's really strong in programming. So that is the foundational uh, skill that we're looking for. We are willing to live with poorer uh, verbal skills or, uh, you know, things like that, or even, uh, you know, credentials which are not, you know, from the top tier uh, universities and so on. Uh, as long as they can demonstrate their abilities in, you know, writing good programs, uh, good code we are willing to hire them so that's one aspect but uh, you were talking about how do we get them trained and how do we uh, uh, you know uh, deploy them on our projects so we have worked on a variety of projects you know we have worked on uh, mean stack we have worked on lamp stack uh, we've worked on python and uh, you know the machine learning ai kind of space so uh, we work uh, yeah and we throw our developers into uh, into these projects uh, and, you know, we have found out that as long as you have engineers who have foundational skills, they are able to quickly, uh, you know, adopt to the new technology. So once they know, once they're fluent in programming in one language, it's not that difficult for them to, uh, you know, bridge into a different language. So that has not been a problem. So typically what we do is we provide uh, a learning curve uh, period where, you know, if someone who's, you know, being uh, deployed to a project with new uh, technology stack, 
we give them some time to do some self-learning, guided self-learning. Uh, we would also have some small projects, uh, you know, POCs kind of thing, in which they will uh, get comfortable using the technology. And only then we deploy them. Uh, you know, we have, of course, uh, good mentors who can guide them through the process. So that's how we have been able to manage our uh, resource uh, challenges. Perfect. So, Bhaskar, that, that, those are very uh, critical, I see, for a lot of early-stage startup companies. And I think um, what you are providing to the industry seems critical in in multiple ways in regards to getting good skills resources, uh, having them trained appropriately, and obviously putting them in the right spaces. And if, if we were to go forward in that particular market area, um, you know, from a compliance perspective, um, are your c customers specifically today concerned about resources which may not be onshore? Is that a concern for all these startup companies or clients um, because of all the regulations and restrictions that have been placed around, uh, you know, people that may not be in within a certain geography within the country or within the uh, close to the United States as such? Has that been a concern? From I mean, it is a concern for everyone. <laughs> I mean, everyone would love to hire the best engineers to come and work in their office, uh, you know, nine to five or whatever. But the reality is you have to make compromises. I mean, you have to decide, do you want to find uh, the talent which is really capable of getting your stuff done? Or do you want to get somebody who is local and, you know, it just happens to be available? So, so th these are trade-offs that, uh, you know, once a founder is confronted with, you start making those choices and you, you know, you, you start uh, saying that, okay, I can live with this uh, time difference. You know, some of them have that concern that, hey, I mean, these guys are working at a different time zone. You know, we have only two or three hours of overlap with them, but uh, they actually find out, uh, you know, once they wade into it, they find out the actual, uh, the time difference actually works out well to their advantage because you know, two, three hours is ample time for having a daily uh, uh, communication with the developers. And it leaves the developer with enough undisturbed time to actually get stuff done. So, you know, it actually works out to, a, you know, to the advantage of the project because now you, you are able to communicate on a daily basis, but at the same time, the engineers have un uh, undisturbed, dedicated time to, you know, work on those uh, uh, stories or tasks. So it works out well, um, you know, but right. still, you know, a lot of companies do have these concerns, especially, you know, about HIPAA and so on. But we say that, you know, we are going to help you build the applications to be compliant with HIPAA uh, and uh, actually the administration in the production environment and those kinds of things, you know, you can, you can do it out here. So, you know, use a hybrid model of uh, getting things done. Perfect. Um, that, that, that is very good advice uh, from your perspective because uh, th these are areas that we see a lot of our customers also struggle with around meeting some of these re regulations and requirements of offshore development teams as such. 
Um, switching over to um, Bhaskar, to another subject where we see some challenges, and I'd like to hear your thoughts around that, is uh, about backup. So uh, a lot of customers have concerns around backup of their code, their uh, data, sensitive data, and uh, being able to have good co business continuity because of, you know, we are seeing a lot of bigger storms, uh, data centers coming, going down, uh, people concerned about cyber threats, as we talked about, and um, contingency planning, disaster recovery, uh, testing your backups seems to be a critical part of SaaS applications, especially for companies to keep things running as they and deal with these, um, you know, physical and otherwise cyber threats uh, to their environment. Um, what what do you see with your customers and with the SaaS applications that you launch for early stage companies, Bhaskar? Um, so as I keep mentioning, I mean, we are an early stage company and we work with uh, our clients who are also very often early stage or, uh, you know, emerging companies. So, uh, you know, while, you know, having disaster recovery sites and so on are highly desirable, uh, you know, candidly speaking, we do, you know, we don't uh, get to that point as yet. We haven't gotten to that point for ourselves, nor, nor for any of our customers. But having said that, I do want to say that there's a lot of things we can do to improve uh, our uh, application uptime, uh, improve the security of the application, improve the security of the data. So uh, for all of our projects, uh, we, we, as I mentioned, we try to take advantage of uh, cloud computing resources. So like for databases, we we strongly recommend using, uh, you know, an online service like AWS RDS or DynamoDB or Azure SQL database, because they are in a better position to take care of things like data, data encryption at rest. Uh, they are better placed to do replication and uh, backup. So this is one thing we don't have to worry about. It's one less thing for us to uh, look at. So, uh, so that's something we like to do. Uh, we also, you know, go through a, a checklist of uh, things that we like to make sure that we have taken care of. So, you know, whether it be setting up uh, SSL for end-to-end, -end, uh, you know, secure communication so that data is uh, secure during flight, uh, you know, setting up your firewalls, setting up your, uh, you know, DDoS protection services like Cloudflare or AWS Shield. So, you know, time invested in these activities is well worth it and this is where uh, you know engaging a team like ours really benefits early stage companies uh, you know very often they want to use individual upwork kind of resources uh, you know but they lose out on this tribal knowledge that we bring to to our engagements so uh, you know we we we, we are uh, regularly engaging in these kinds of activities uh, that that benefits the uh, the customers yeah um, I think uh, that that actually is something that we uh, see in the market as well Vasco in regards to the fact that a lot of companies are um, concerned about both data addressed and data in motion and uh, how well or how they can secure and so they need to understand uh you know areas around 
SQL databases, NoSQL databases, containers, which a lot of companies are using these days, um, and understand what level of SSL, HTTPS, SFTP, or other transmission protocols they're going to use um, in transmitting the data, where the data needs to be transmitted, uh, and, and areas around that become more and more important for uh, the companies that we work with as well. And what we see, though, is that some of these companies um, invest a lot of time and money in understanding the issues, uh, but because they haven't documented their data flows or they just don't understand the interactions that are taking place and that they may not need to secure the whole pipeline, but only the areas which are sensitive data where they really need to worry about um, encryption for certain types of data, like electronic protected health information or personally identifiable information or social security number, things of that nature, uh, which um, are, they would otherwise pay fines for, um, they lose out on that. From your perspective, having a roadmap, is that critical to deploying the right kind of security, whether for encryption or through transmission or access to in regards to multi-factor. Um, how do you advise the companies in your, uh, as far as you are concerned, Basil? All good points, uh, Jotin. Uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these startups uh, do neglect taking care of uh, some of these, uh, you know, important aspects of security. Uh, just knowing, as you said, uh, just documenting the flow of data uh, and where the data is being stored, uh, that's very important to know. I mean, for, you know, when you have change in your staff, you know, that kind of knowledge can be lost. So having good documentation is always a good idea. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, securing data and uh, the application, there are some things that you can do by leveraging these cloud service uh, resources. Uh, so I mentioned, uh, you know, database, uh, online databases like uh, AWS, uh, uh, you know, RDS or uh, Azure SQL database. Uh, you know, that helps us with uh, storage, backup, replication, data encryption, and so on. Uh, you know, so uh, that's one aspect. But the other aspect is we also, our developers also need to do, uh, take care of certain things. And that's where, you know, we, uh, my CTO spends a lot of time, uh, you know, going over secure coding standards and our information uh, security policies. So this is an ongoing battle and, you know, uh, you know, we, we, our developers are getting good at it now. Uh, they are very aware of, uh, you know, making sure that the code is, uh, you know, not uh, uh, vulnerable to the OS top 10 list of vulnerabilities like XSS or uh, SQL injection and so on. So, uh, you know, we have, we have uh, gotten very good at this. So we have, we have processes in place to uh, check for that. Uh, so even, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, people think that you can use open source uh, and not fear about uh, security vulnerabilities, but, you know, there are lots and lots of uh, vulnerabilities in open source 
just thinking that someone else is uh, you know looking at the open source code to make it uh, to make sure that it is good is not uh, is not good enough so we do use uh, you know vulnerability databases like snake uh, you know to check on third party libraries um, and you know we are very uh, judicious about using third party libraries because uh, you know many times developers will use one small feature of a third party library and uh, you know it imposes a huge memory burden on the application so in those cases we you know try to write our own code right. otherwise we end up, otherwise we end up with issues like memory leaks that can perform, uh, you know lead to performance degradation and it's a pain to fix later so uh, so we are very uh, particular about that similarly we, are, we have very stringent code review policy so that nothing goes into production which has not been reviewed as per our standards so that's uh, these are some of the disciplines or processes that you need to have in place we, you know we always have unit test cases for our uh, you know the developers have to submit unit test cases along with their code uh, otherwise they're not even going to be reviewed so these are some things that uh, you know we do and uh, even in terms of uh, uh, application design we always leverage you know two factor authentication and oauth and you know introduce inactivity logout so these are some things which may protects the data the data the customers data even if they are careless so uh, we are trying to build applications which 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 can handle even uh, mistakes performed by the user so these things help other things like you know we we try to avoid storing credit card uh, data or payment data we use i mean there are very reliable uh, payment processes like strip, uh, stripe or uh, paypal it just makes uh, you know business sense to go with that and be pci compliant uh, with these apis so these are some things that uh, you know even early stage companies can do uh, you know without breaking the bank that is excellent advice, uh, Bhaskar, in regards to using both mature processes, which you seem to be using, as well as uh, looking at companies which have mature processes in place to prevent uh, these forms of concerns around, you know, protection of data, encryption of data, as well as meeting compliance requirements. And I think the other aspect that I would ask you about, which is a big part of um, security, is third-party risk. So as you use these vendors, um, whether it be Stripe, whether it be PayPal, or um, other developer code, or open source code as such, or open source libraries, um, how do you, including AWS and, and other cloud providers, how do you make sure that not only are you following good security practices, but all your third-party vendors are doing that as well and meeting your requirements around, um, you know, meeting the basic requirements around protecting your sensitive data, uh, which you are on the hook for in regards to the areas that we just discussed, Pascar, as such, that you uh, gave us really good advice around. Um, so, uh, uh, Jotin, you know, the uh, major cloud providers like, you know, AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, uh, I mean, they they do uh, publish their uh, 
clear compliance with HIPAA and uh, you know uh, other uh, standards, uh, as SAS 70 and so on. So uh, that gives us a lot of assurance, and we know that if we were to do it on our own, there's no way in hell we can be as uh, capable as they are. So definitely, there is a huge amount of reliance on these services, and we try to take advantage of that. Now, if they they are not able to provide uh, the security, you know, a small startup like us can never hope to do so. So, I mean, I'm not even going to say that we can, you know, do anything on our own which would be better than these guys. So that's that's uh, you know straight off the bat. I think this is something that we have to accept as a as an early stage company, as a startup, and so on. Uh, and in terms of, uh, you know, they do provide a lot of uh, capabilities, but we have also got to set it up correctly. So, you know, we can't just say that, hey, I am on AWS and, uh, you know, my data should be protected. No, we still need to get our ducks in a row. We need to make sure that the data is secure while it's being transmitted, while it is in store. Um, and, you know, we need to make sure that our... Uh, our custom code is not having, uh, uh, you know, SQL injection uh, issues and so on. So those are some things that we have to do at our end to to make our application robust. Uh, so we do things like penetration testing. Uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, free resources that you can use, leverage, even as an early stage company, uh, which can help you identify uh, security holes in your application. So, uh, so you know, I, I don't think it would be right to say that startups cannot do, uh, uh, you know, uh, are always going to be uh, subject to, uh, you know, insecurities. We can do, uh, we can do, uh, take baby steps and, uh, you know, address those security gaps right from the get-go. Yeah, and and I would completely agree with that, Bhaskar. I think those are the areas that uh, are are good both good sound advice from your perspective for um, SaaS providers, SaaS uh, application companies to use uh, standards like OWASPs, um, I think NIST, ISO, uh, and others are great standards uh, to use from a data, overall data security perspective, looking at data flows, understanding your risks, understanding your third parties, uh, using open source applications, using uh, the variety of capabilities that are provided by things like you mentioned SNCC, but pen testing tools, vulnerability scanning tools, um, and uh, overall looking at security as privacy as I think from what we've learned today from you, Bhaskar, is looking at it not only from uh, we understand the fact that there are cost concerns, we understand resource concerns. Uh, and these constraints do exist um, as companies are launching and um, providing key services in industry, in uh, vertical industries like healthcare, financial services, and others. But they can easily provide a lot of these capabilities by having good partners, by launching open source applications, by having good process and skilled resources, like you mentioned, um, who are well-trained, have the knowledge, whether they're onshore or offshore. So I would um, say that overall, um, Bhaskar, your time today, uh, we really want to thank you for your time and um, 
in both providing us this great knowledge um, from your experience and your perspective. And I would also like to take this time to um, have you talk more about your company um, and also give us some information on how to reach you in case uh, there are SaaS application companies who are looking to get help uh, from mature companies like Rafa. Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Jyotin. I, I really enjoyed uh, having this conversation. Um, I think you know a lot of good stuff uh, came out. I mean, you uh, you asked uh, uh, quite a few questions, which brought out the challenges that you know we are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis uh, as a startup or an early-stage company. Uh, you know, in terms of what we offer, uh, RouteRabbit, basically we have two services. One is we help early-stage companies build their products, uh, their SaaS applications or mobile applications uh, as an outsourced service. And the other thing is we have an education SaaS application called Codezinger.com, which is basically used by computer science faculty around the world to administer uh, engaging and interesting coding practicals. So it helps students improve their programming skills. So that that very well, uh, you know, fits in with what we are trying to do as a software company. So uh, our website is uh, com, and uh, I can be reached at uh, info at routerabbit.com. Uh, would love to hear from anyone, you know, with questions or, uh, you know, things that have worked for them. Would love to catch up sometime soon on any other topic as well. Thanks a lot, Jyotin, for having me over. Thank you, Bhaskar. Thank you again. Um, it was a pleasure, and we look forward to having uh, additional discussions and learning more. Thank you again. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast on information security and privacy compliance. To learn more about the topics around information, data security, privacy compliance, you can visit us at www.secureflow.net. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts and your reviews on our podcast today. You can go to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also write to us at email at secureflow.net. I am Jyotin Gambir and you've been listening to Secure Flow Podcast.